This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm actually thrilled to visit with today a brilliant leader. We're visiting today with Dr. Avanya Richardson-Miller. Dr. Richardson-Miller serves as the Senior Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer at Hackensack Meridian Healthcare. She's going to talk about that, that role. She's also a graduate of the magnificent Howard University. We'll talk about that as well and, and just talk about what trend she's watching, what she's most focused on, most excited about, and a lot more. Dr. Richardson Miller, thank you so much for joining us. Can you take a moment and tell us about yourself and about your role? Yes, uh, thank you so much. Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me as a guest here with the Becca's Healthcare Podcast. You know, as you mentioned, uh, I am Avon, Dr. Vanya Richardson Miller. I don't use the doctor too much since I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm a senior vice president and chief diversity officer at Hackensack Meridian Health, uh, New Jersey's largest and most integrated healthcare network. And we're consisting of 18 hospitals, more than 500 patient care locations, 36,000 team members, 7,000 physicians, and the Hackensack Meridian School of Medicine. So very large network, as you can see. Uh, I lead the uh, network strategy for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So you can imagine the, the scope of what that entails. I feel like I'm in every corner and every breadth of the organization and so many uh, so much collabor collaboration going on across that. I am the very proud alum uh, alumni of Howard University uh, and really excited that not only did I go there, but I have two daughters who graduated from there as well and just can't say enough about that university and my experience there um, at that historically Black college and university. I think that it has real, really provided a great foundation for me, which I build upon every day. As a matter of fact, I have a doctorate degree and I did my undergraduate at Howard. And whenever someone asks me, where did you go to a college? I, I just always say Howard University. I don't even say the other two universities I went to. <laughs> Proud of those two. That's but... amazing. No, that's amazing. Let's talk about that for a moment because one yeah. of the questions I'll ask you is what advice would you give to emerging leaders? And you've got this wonderful situation of two daughters going to your alma mater, one of the great, great schools in America. Uh, huge fan. What advice would you give to emerging leaders, to emerging careerists? And we'll come back to some of the others as we're talking about like big priorities for this year and so forth and what you're most focused and excited about. But, but take a moment, Dr. Richardson Miller. You've had this great career. You've been at Hackinson Morgan for 12, 13 years. You founded your own business at one time. Magnificent career. Talk a bit about what advice would you give to, to, to emerging leaders or to your children? So they might listen to it. My kids might listen to you more than you listen to me, but, but maybe your children and emerging leaders will listen to it in this context. Well, I would say, first off, for, for myself, um, Attending a historically black college and university was really uh, critical for me. My parents didn't uh, go to college. There is where I got my foundation. And I have to say that being there was uh, 
I feel like one time in my life where I was just really surrounded by so many people that look like me. I was not an other. And um, it was just so very inclusive. And you learned so much, not just academically, but as a person and about your history. And it really shaped uh, your self-esteem, how you think about yourself, how you approach life. Interesting that I had come from an inner city school, so very much brown and, and black and brown people there, but um, it's still I still got something out of that that um, it's really hard to articulate the experience in words, but when it prepared me for, for for my future in corporate America, even though uh, corporate America is not all black, right? And I went to a black um, uh, uh, historic university. I, I think it just teaches you a lot of lessons on how to navigate life and, and really how to have a healthy view of yourself and the possibilities. That, that point though, that point though, that nurturing that you got there in that environment cannot be understated in terms of preparing you for the long term, even yeah. though, as you said, like that environment might have been a, a, a place of color, entirely black, a, mm -hmm. a, a, a wonderful nurturing environment where the one place in the world you felt like, oh, my God, everybody looks and feels like me. Right. So it was probably tremendously nurturing and then yes. prepared you to have that kind of confidence to then go out into what is a, is a very scary world where not everybody is like everybody else and so forth and That's still right. thrive in corporate America. I mean, it's really a wonderful story, but, but keep on going. Let me, let me let you keep on going. Yeah. So, and, and I think it even uh, prepared me to even be more in tune to people uh, that come from different backgrounds and having a greater intentionality around inclusiveness because I had a lived experience through my undergraduate school where I was fully included. And if you are a mar marginalized person and have not had that li lived experience, to some degree, you don't really know what you're missing, right? Because you haven't a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because you're you're in you 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 always feel like a little bit of an outsider in different communities, and it yes. doesn't feel like a complete insider. Like, wow, I feel very different. I feel totally yes. included. I bet those people do not. You know, you can't really access those feelings until you've lived it both ways, really. Absolutely, and so that you know, it seems that seems like a paradox, right? But, and I remember when my daughters were going off to college and they had plenty of choices and really didn't want to go to an HBCU. But I really emphasized uh, to them very strongly that they should consider it and was so thrilled when I went there. I would just remember saying to them, um, they were coming from a predominantly uh, uh, white high school experience. And so so different from, from my, my um, high school experience. And I said to them, this is going to be your one time and opportunity in life where you can be assured that you're going to be at a place, you're going to be here for four years, and you're not going to have to compete on race, on being a Black person. You're not going to have to, you're not going to have that barrier. So anything that you want to do there, anything you aspire to, any opportunity, you, you can just take that barrier off the plate, and it's just going to be you, right? And, and, and truly, and that's what they take those prejudices and biases off the table. Take those Absolutely. prejudices and biases off the table. 
Absolutely. And so, the, and, and that is what they did. And, and what I see, they, they graduated in 2019, they have uh, excellent careers and they're thriving. And what I see from them and what we talk about it is they take away similarly the same thing as what I um, described. So people underrate the importance of gaining confidence in those undergraduate years amongst mm -hmm. all other types of things. So if you, if you come out of your undergraduate feeling good about yourself, feeling healthy, mentally, physically, academically, you know, it doesn't have to be the most this, the most that. It doesn't have to be whatever it is. It, it prepares you so much better for life. You come out of it nurtured and confident mm -hmm. and ready to mm -hmm. go. I think it's a beautiful thing. It is. And let me just say this. One more thing that it does is that, you know, they say the power of representation. If you can see it, you can believe it, right? If you see this, if you see someone who looks like me in positions of power, in positions of greatness, in positions of success, if I can see that, then I know I can be that. I'm not questioning, can I be that? Right, if the I know CEO, the professor, everybody that's in leadership <laughs> is black as well, you're like, oh, there are not really, those are artificial barriers in the rest of the world. You know, we Absolutely. see it here, the university is fantastic, it's magnificent. And look, all the leaders look like me and feel like me. Yeah. And, and so beyond I can do that, this in other all, And beyond that, all the great alumni that across all industries that have just tremendous level of success, you see it. So you so you now know it's a false narrative that you've been seeing in the media. And you yes. know and you know yes. where, where you see a lack of representation, you know that it's not a lack of existence. Right. It's not it's not a natural thing. It happens right. because of all kinds of biases and prejudices. You know, this person is as talented as that person. It just different come from different places and so forth and, and trying to figure it out. But it provides tremendous confidence that, you know, we could do anything. We're fine. We're good. It's a magnificent yeah. perspective. It, it, take a second, Dr. Richardson Miller, and on, on, on sort of let, let me Take you back for a moment. I, I, I love this conversation, but, mm -hmm. but let me segue just for a moment sure. to chief diversity officer in a major system today. Yeah. How do you look at that? What are the big priorities? How do you assess that? Is it about patient care? Is it about the right amount of representation in leadership? Is it about just making sure everybody feels comfortable? Is it all of that? Tell us your perspective on the big priorities yeah. of chief diversity officer today. I, and I'm so glad you said that last part when you said, is it all of that? Because it is all of that. There's no one Band-Aid that gets you there on this journey, right? There's no one fix. Like I've heard people say, oh yeah, you know, the research says that unconscious bias is not effective. Well, if that's all you're doing, no, it's not. Because there, and there's no one thing you're going to do that's going to be completely effective because this is systemic. This is structural, what we're addressing here. So you have to have a comprehensive strategy that gets to the root of dismantling the systems, the structures, right? And reconstructing one that perpetuates and promotes equity and inclusiveness. So it's massive. It covers just about everything. I can't think of a function within our organization that doesn't have a DEI lens to it. And that's what I always say. DEI, yes, I lead that 
strategy for the network, but there's no way that myself and my team could ever do the, all the work of this. Everyone in our organization owns DEI. Whatever it is you're doing, there's a DEI lens to it. And it should be done in a manner that is an equitable and inclusive process, culturally competent. And that goes to you know, interactions with team members, patients, the community, but it goes also to the business bottom line as well. I don't know if that makes sense. And, and, and it, and, I mean, 100%. On a huge number of levels, it absolutely does. I mean, if we're not taking care of people all in an inclusive way, we're not taking care of patients from a remediative standpoint. We're not taking care of people from a continuing the mission standpoint. On, on every level, that type of, and we're not getting the best talent if we're not inclusive in our talent selection and recruitment and retention. If you're looking at, you know, patient care and outcomes. If you're not disaggregating the data, you know, to look at different diverse populations, to look at different communities, to see where the gaps are, how can you really get to a truly effective intervention for improvement? Thank you. And talk about, as you look at sort of the, this next year, the next 12 months or so, how do you sort out your big priorities? It's a massive undertaking in a massive system. What are your top priorities for the coming year? How do, how do you look at that? Well, <laughs> it's so many, right? But let's just go to a high level. Let's go to a high level. Uh, and I'll say the Joint Commission came out with um, health equity leadership standards. And then um, most recently this year, they launched the new healthcare equity certification that uh, is a voluntary certification that individual hospitals can pursue. That's a major priority at Hackensack Meridian Health. And for me as the chief uh, diversity officer, why, why is that a major priority? Because with that, um, certification, it really gets to where we truly want to be within the organization. So basically in order to get this certification, healthcare systems must uh, have formalized structures in place to improve health equity across their facilities and have community collaborations that address areas of needs. So this advanced certification for health equity, it provides a structure that formalizes and embeds healthcare equity in all aspects of care, treatment and service delivery. So to me, um, that's a priority because this is a framework that now can be, if, if I know my one hospital here has achieved this, and I'm and I'm and I'm proud to say that uh, our flagship hospital, Hackensack University Medical Center, was the first in the nation to achieve this new certification. I know that we have baked in processes, procedures, a culture of continuous change, improvement, and progress as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and health equity. It becomes so operationalized. And to me, that's powerful. Uh, and, I, and, and I tend to 
to to approach things, especially with a large system like this, at, at a very strategic level of how can you how how is it built into the business case of the organization? How is it then um, solidified into the commitments of the strategic? Uh, priority statements of the organization? And then how is it operationalized and what is in place to create that structured for that systemic and shared accountability throughout all of the but, but, organization? But what, but what you're saying is so important because if it doesn't become systematic and institutionalized, how we're going to approach it, it relies too much on the power of personality of a handful of leaders that drive it in the right direction or the wrong direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, could, if you could if you could institutionalize it, mm -hmm. then you make it part of the fabric of Hackensack Meridian versus driven by the CEO who takes it very seriously, this chief diversity officer who's highly energized. But but when they're gone, the next person might not be. And you need right. it to be part of the fabric of the entire community yes. versus just driven by a couple great leaders. It's both. You need great leadership, but you also need it to become very much, you know. The opposite of institutionalized racism, the, the opposite, institutionalized diversity, in diverse, in, in, in institutionalized inclusion. Absolutely. You're, 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 you're so key with that, which is really my approach. And I feel like that is my responsibility to drive that, to be the advocate for that, the advocate for that, to, to, to strategically figure out what are the things and what are the what are the initiatives what are the strategies that we can implement that does exactly that i said earlier about the issue of 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 a lack of diversity equity inclusion and the perpetuation of disparities being uh, the result of systemic structures and in and in order to mitigate those things you have have to have a systemic strategy, strategic approach to whatever it is that you're implementing. And so to me, this was it was it was wonderful when they launched that because what better way to really integrate it? It's, it's bigger than me at this point. If this if if the hospital achieves this certification, everyone in that hospital now has buy-in to this, right? Because everything you do and all the work you do has been driven by this and not not just at this moment, but once you earn the certification, it's not a one and done. It's not like, it's not that you've arrived. What I love about these certifications is that it's always looking for the continued improvement. It's always about the journey. It's always about what is next. And that's how you really and, get it. And that's really the I mean, that's really the, that's really the critical part, that it becomes yes. part of the institution, part of the fabric, part of everything that the institution thinks about. This is what we're going to look like, feel like, be like forever. Exactly. Yes. It, it, you know, I think that's a, a wonderful, wonderful perspective. Dr. Richardson Miller, I know we've got to wrap up in a moment. Mm -hmm. I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We can't wait to have you back on. And, and congratulations on both your success and your family's success. Just a wonderful story. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And uh, happy holidays if you celebrate. And happy new year. We, we try to. We try to. <laughs> try to make sure we celebrate. We hope you have a beautiful holiday as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, 
help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Thank you.